You're listening to episode two of season four of Brave and Boss, the podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk all about how to run a sale as a purpose-driven brand. I know this is a sticky topic for a lot of people who are running brands with an ethical or sustainable mission to them. So let's get into the details and dig into some of the mindset stuff and talk all the tactics in this week's episode. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach, and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Welcome back. This is episode two of Brave and Boss, the podcast. Thank you for joining me again. If you're a repeat listener, hello. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder and CEO of Encircled Ethical Fashion Brand, focuses on comfortable and stylish basics, and the host of the podcast. So thank you for stopping by. I appreciate that. This is going to be about a 20-minute episode. So a quick one, just going over some things I get questions about all the time and a lot of things that I see on social media about running sales. So many of you are running purpose-driven brands. You have an ethical or sustainable mission to your business, or you're an artisan, or somebody who's, you know, hand-making products. Now, we all know that that takes a lot more money to do. When you're trying to build integrity into your supply chain or how products are made, it costs more money. So, and there's also a hesitancy to go on sale because you want to build brand value. And I totally get all of those things. The problem is, is that there's sometimes a necessity in the business to go on sale. And going on sale isn't necessarily a bad thing. There aren't that many retailers out there who don't do sales. I mean, if you think about it, the only ones I can think of off the top of my head are probably, I think Patagonia rarely goes on sale and maybe your luxury brands like the Louis Vuittons and Gucci, you know, they typically don't go on sale. But at the end of the day, selling and promoting is a core function of running a business. And the thing that I preach a lot on this podcast that if you're a repeat listener, you'll know is that you can have a purpose-driven, mission-driven brand and make money. That is totally okay. We are entitled to make a living and make a good living contributing good things to the world. There is a huge tendency for purpose-driven brands to feel like they have to be martyrs so they can't pay themselves or, you know, they have to really suffer through through the process of building a business. And a lot of these business owners end up almost running not-for-profits. So it's very common that I see fairly advanced businesses in the sustainable, ethical Um, space that are just one founder still. They haven't even hired employees. And one of the reasons for that is because they haven't set their pricing up properly to support a margin that a gross margin, so how much profit you make per product, that will support growth and fuel operations. And that is by far one of the core business mistakes I see is that people are not pricing their products properly. Wow, that's quite the alliteration, but it's very, very true. So I run into this a lot when I do coaching, especially with first-time entrepreneurs. And myself, I am totally guilty of this too, of underpricing my products. 
when I first launched, I had a very, very different pricing model for my brand. And I somewhat quickly realized it was just not sustainable. So I don't want you to make the same mistakes as me. So firstly, I think when we're talking about selling or putting anything on sale, we have to go back to the basics. So the first thing I want you to do is get a handle on your pricing today. So if you haven't done this already, definitely grab a notepad and a pen because I'm about to hit you with some really actionable tips about this. So the first thing you're going to want to do if you have not done this already prior to doing any sort of sale is you want to check your pricing and your profit margins. If you're not working with an accountant or a bookkeeper, that's something to make a note of as well. Because as you scale, you're going to need that information that pretty much only a bookkeeper or accountant can provide on a monthly basis. So what is the function of a bookkeeper or accountant? So I used to do this myself. I didn't want to pay for an accountant to help me monthly, so I would DIY my receipts and matching receipts to expenses to try and get a sense of where I was in terms of profit and loss in the business. Now, the problem is that takes a lot of time. Um, The second problem is I'm not a qualified accountant, even though I took finance. So I would end up doing things wrong in QuickBooks, which is what we originally used um, at my fashion brand, and then things would get totally messed up. And why does this matter? Okay, so you need to know your profit and loss. You can look in your bank account and say, okay, I've got $50,000, we're doing really great, but how do you know where that's coming from? And that's where profit and loss statements come from. And so you really need to get a bookkeeper at the minimum doing your profit and loss statements, I think monthly, especially if you're making over six figures a year. That is a non-negotiable because you need somebody to help you with reconciling all your expenses for the month and making sure that you're set up for success. When they run a profit and loss statement, which sounds like pretty technical, I get it. You know, you may have heard people say P&L. I call it that as well. Um, Basically, it'll show all of your profits. So, um, you know, what your sales are for the month, what your cost of goods sold are. So like how much cost actually goes into making your product and your freight and all that kind of stuff. And then all your below the line expenses like advertising, op- any operating expenses, salaries, et cetera, et cetera. And then it comes up with a net profit amount. What I'm really interested in talking about today is your gross margin. And that's effectively how much you make per product when you sell. So let's say you make pillowcases and um, you know you sell each pillowcase for let's just use round numbers to make my math easy, for $20. And those pillowcases cost you $5 to make. So then you're making $15 in gross profit, gross margin per pillow. And then let's say it costs you a dollar to advertise that pillowcase. So that's another dollar off. You pay yourself like, you know, $5 off that and then you deduct, deduct, deduct. So why this is important is because you need to know how much profit you're pricing for. Now, we got a really almost laughable comment on social media the other day, and it's funny because Facebook ads are just, I'm sure if you any of you guys are doing them, you'll realize that they're just a boon for people to give their opinion on your business model. And one of the most commonly thing common comments on our Facebook ads is about pricing. So people will say, oh my gosh, how dare you charge so much for that? those sweatpants or that legging and da 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 da. And you know, my first instinct is not my customer for sure. Second is to educate. But um, third is often sometimes if people get out of control, I will like ban and block their comment because it's just not productive. Um, but for me, we had a comment a couple of weeks ago and somebody 
supposedly did the math on our products. So she actually took the time to write out and calculate our gross margin for us. And the problem was she actually calculated it wrong. Um, and she also thought about it way wrong. So here's what she did. She was breaking down the product cost of a, a sweatshirt that we have. It's like, it's called uh, the comfy blouse. It's like a very elegant, beautiful blouse made out of French terry fabric. So it's super comfy. Um, and she did some calculations based on her estimates and came up with, you know, the fact that we have like a 40% gross margin. So we should be, um, you know, charging way less because that's a great margin. And I actually laughed out loud when I read that comment because the 40% gross margin is horrible. So if you're a direct to consumer e-commerce brand, you're not doing wholesale, you should 100% be aiming for 60% or above. If you have a 70% or above gross margin, you are doing really well. Um, but 60% or above, anything below that, forget about it. You'll never have room for wholesale uh, margin. You'll never be able to pay yourself unless you get to, you know, the scale of Everlane, let's say. Um, so, you know, you really want to set yourself up for success. Um, the reason Everlane could operate for a very long time with very slim margins is because they had taken on venture capital, which allowed them to run at a loss for a significant amount of time and, um, you know, prove product market fit, hire all these high level people, build these offices, all the kind of cool stuff. Um, but they had taken like $30 million in venture capital or more to do this. Now, if you're a small brand and you don't have that kind of backing or cash flow, you need to have profit built into your product every day. So that is my first takeaway. Review your pricing, either get an accountant to do it um, or uh, work with a coach to do it. Um, you know, I have a bunch of great podcast episodes on pricing and breaking it down. When I work with clients, I uh, have a template which I share with them um, to map that out. And if you were in my Black Friday Cyber Money workshop, you would have gotten the promotional version of the template, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but pricing is so key. So every day, regular pricing should be above 60% margin, in my opinion. Okay. And this kind of triggers people because sometimes that means you need to raise your prices. And oftentimes we feel a lot of limiting beliefs about that because we feel like we're too expensive. But the reality is you're probably not given how much time and effort you put into the business. And oftentimes I know many of you are not paying yourself properly. So there's a time and place for like doing charitable work and it's definitely not in your business if you are running a business and you're trying to do good things in the world with your business you are entitled to pay yourself well and have a good lifestyle too you do not have to sacrifice for that so there's my first point my second thing is running a sale is sometimes necessary but you don't have to run a sale at like 90 percent off because that's likely not sustainable at your pricing model so once we know what our everyday pricing is and we know you know we've got decent margins then we can start to strategically discount, and that's a really important word, um, to make business decisions to free up cash flow and to strategically make sure that our merchandising reflects the season that we're in and the product assortment that we want. So what that what does that mean? Well, you know, we are in a time of recording, like fall, beginning of winter. Um, so for anything that's summer related, you probably don't want it in your collection. Let's say you're doing fashion or shoes or handbags. You don't want those fuchsia pink handbags in your collection unless that's your vibe. So, you know, you would have wanted to start marking down, which is another way of saying discounting that product at some point, probably in the summer. And the intent is not to give away the product. The intent is not to piss off other people who've bought it before at regular price. The intent is to move that out. 
When I worked at Colgate, they had a meeting literally called the slob meeting. And what that means is slow moving, obsolete inventory. It was product that was not selling and there had to be a strategy against it to make it move. Because what happens if you have product that's not selling? Well, it actually doesn't get better. So once you go into a later season where it's less relevant, it actually starts to slow down even more. And what happens is that product just sits there and you've already paid for it and it's not moving. So it's tying up cash in your business. Now, that's fine if you're a small business and you're only doing like $5,000 a month, but wait till you're doing $50,000 a month or $250,000 a month. That slow moving obsolete inventory could be the difference between a profitable month and a not profitable month and the difference between being able to pay yourself a really great wage versus not uh, or hire a team member or invest in advertising. So now is the time to set up the systems that support that kind of behavior you want later on as you scale your business. So once you have your uh, everyday pricing set up like we talked about, then you're going to want to create a second spreadsheet of some kind um, to look at the markdowns and your strategy around this. So Maybe when you first realize that you've got a product that is, you know, sitting around, you got too much inventory based on sales, and we'll talk a little bit about how you calculate that, you want to start with an initial markdown. So maybe it's like 5% or 10% off. And what you're going to do is in that spreadsheet that you create with all your mathematical skills, you guys can do this, trust me, um, you're going to put in a new price and see how much of a discount that is and recalculate your gross margin to make sure that you're not giving away the farm. Because what you don't want to do is pay people to take your product. So if you, let's say, are that pillowcase example, let's say we said it costs $5 to make the pillowcase and $20 to sell and $15 gross profit. If you mark that pillowcase down, you know, to $5, you're basically net neutral. If you give them sell it for $3, you're losing $2 per. And you actually may be losing more at $5 or $10, depending on your cost of goods sold and your freight and all that kind of stuff that goes into your pricing. So this is where it becomes really important to be smart with your math. Um, and trust me, I am not the best at math. That's why spreadsheets are my best friend. Um, once you set up a template or a spreadsheet, it can work super well for you and you can just use it over and over again, but you're going to want to check your product margins after you do a sale to make sure they're still healthy. And why this matters is because as we go into the busy holiday season and Black Friday and Cyber Monday, if you want to do some sales, great. But I often suggested, especially in my Black Friday Cyber Monday workshop, to look at products that aren't moving first. So try and find some products in your collection where you would love to move them out and then see what kind of discount you can offer that's compelling and make sure that discount is still profitable because you should not be selling product at a loss. You don't have the bandwidth for that. Most companies don't do that as a general practice. There are exceptions for sure. In grocery, I think it's a very common practice to do it with loss leaders on the front page of the flyer to get people into the store because they know they're going to buy other things. But if you're not a company that has a big assortment of product to sell, that could be a big mistake financially. So what we want to do is get you guys calculating what a gross margin would be with various discounts and see what would make sense for your business. You know, if you do 10% off, does it reduce your gross margin to 50% or 40%? And what is your tolerance for that? And that's where that accounting comes in hand handy because you want to understand 
uh, what percentage of your sales goes to operating expenses and what percentage goes to cost of goods sold and what percentage is left over as net profit. Um, those kind of three things are really important for scaling your business and knowing whether or not you can invest in advertising. Because potentially one of the things that I see that happens also, which is my third tip around sustainable selling and promotion, is that you know, there's a lot of under promotions. So many purpose driven entrepreneurs get stuck with product and then they end up donating it, which is basically a really nice thing to do. But it's usually a complete write off and a loss for that business. And we know you're already not running at huge scale. So you need that cash flow in your business. So I really think it's important that you don't underinvest in promotion and advertising at this point in your business, especially if your business is less than five years old, you need to be over investing. So that's why you need to know your numbers. So when we talk about running a sustainable sale, I'm thinking about sustainable financially. So how can you do a sustainable financial sale? And what does that look like? So here's a fourth tip for you. So if you are planning on doing some sort of sale around Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or any other occasion coming up, you know, you're going to want to create some guardrails around that sale. Now, what are guardrails? Well, for me, they are terms and conditions of shopping that sale. And that's really important because if you're going to do a pretty big discount on some product, let's say that's end of season, you don't want that product back. You don't want to have to restock that on your website and steam it and put it back up. You know, so everything in my books, you know, if you're doing a pretty significantly deep discount is final sale. Even like a 10% markdown, I moved to final sale because we just don't want it back. Um, it's a lot of complication. It's out of season. It takes a lot of time and then returns cost money for us. So number one, I would look at making, you know, big markdowns, final sale. Um, the second thing you can look at if you are concerned about margins is that you can make a sale conditional on order value. So let's say for Black Friday or for any upcoming sale you're thinking about, you know, you really want to drive your average order value up because you know that it costs you, you know, $30 to ship a product. So potentially you want to do, you know, maybe you want to do like 20% off orders over $250. So you want to make that kind of guardrail that they have to spend $250, then look at 20% off. Or oftentimes brands will do tiered discounts where you get 10% off at like 150, 20% off at 250, 30% off at 350 in order to drive up that average order value. Because at the end of the day, if you're shipping more products in one box, provided they're not super heavy, oftentimes there's a cost savings from that. Because what we see with our freight, for example, is that you know, in between shipping one t-shirt or five t-shirts in a box, the price of the freight is almost the same. So, you know, but if you're thinking about it, you have five t-shirts in a box and you're paying like, let's say $9 to ship that, you know, it's costing you a couple of bucks per t-shirt, but you have one t-shirt then it's costing you $9 for that one t-shirt. So it's just more effective and efficient with your resources to ship larger orders. So the more you can do to kind of push that average order value up through a sale will make your sale more profitable and sustainable. Now, the fifth thing I want to talk about is integrating social purpose into sales. So I know this is a bit of a hot topic in the purpose-driven business space because oftentimes we're asked to do other things with our sales. So we can't just have a sale. We have to like donate something to XYZ Foundation or we can't just like we have to plant a tree or we have to, um, you know, give our profits somewhere. And that kind of mentality is really, um, 
it's really hard to maintain as a small business. I totally get it because I just want to do good things in the world and use my business as a force for good. But using your business as a force for good in the world means actually paying yourself and your workers and your workers in the supply chain, a sustainable living, um, you know, making products ethically and with responsible materials, um, being ethical and acting in integrity with your marketing. It doesn't mean not making any money. So oftentimes those charitable initiatives, which are thrown on top of these things, cost you a lot of money and then you end up making no money in the sale. So I've definitely done it before. We did a, you know, 100% of profits to the Australian wildfires in January last year. Or like, oh my God, that was this year. <laughs> oh my God, where did the year go? And it was a lot of money we gave. Um, you know, and but it was a it's a cause that we're very passionate about. Um, but it's not something you can do all the time because at the end of the day, I just gave away all my profit. I covered my costs, but I didn't have any profit. So that's kind of something you can't do all the time because then you're not making any money as a business. So you have to kind of pick and choose your battles. Perhaps you have one sale a year where, you know, the sale is a bit smaller and then you do, you know, some sort of charitable initiative per sale. So like perhaps 10% of proceeds per sale or maybe a dollar per sale or a tree per sale or something like that. But building it into your everyday model is a lot to ask. Oftentimes we get asked on um, podcasts, you know, what's your charitable aspect of your business? And I'm like, our whole business is almost a charity. <laughs> like we're making clothes ethically. We're using responsible, sustainable, luxurious, premium materials. Like we're, we're being so conscious about consumption and what, you know, who we work with in the community and lowering our carbon footprint. Like, you know, everything is done with impact in mind. You know, charity and giving money always feels like you're doing something, but you're not always impacting change, especially depending on where your money is going. So I just want to say that having a charitable aspect to your business, I think is really great. But The more action oriented and the more aligned it is with your values, the better. And then if there's some way to tie it into something business-like without being like sleazy or slimy about it, I think that's good too. But I would really caution you against doing like a Black Friday sale, for example, where you give 10% of your profits to a charity. I just think, number one, the message is really muddy. It's a very busy time of year. And I think you're unnecessarily giving away profit because you feel kind of guilty about making money. Let's all admit it. We all have money mindset issues, which is why I have a really amazing um two amazing guests coming up on an episode to talk about this because there's something that feels weird about making money. And I got into this with um, on a podcast I was recently on, but we all have money mindset issues. Well, maybe not all of us. If you don't, I'm like sending you a virtual high five. But a lot of business owners do because there's a huge feeling of scarcity and lack that happens when you start a business with very little capital at the beginning. And that can stick with you for a really long time. And it's good because it makes you scrappy. It makes you uh, industrious. It makes you resourceful. But it's bad because when you have to make big bets and when you have to say, yeah, it's okay to pay myself, we often try and give that money away. It's such a weird mentality. I don't know if anybody else has ever um, experience that. But for sure, for me, I almost felt guilty at one point making profit. And I was like, Oh, I have to give this to somebody we have to do a donation. Like, no, no, we have to reinvest this in our business to increase our impact. So I think changing some of that framing will be helpful in determining whether or not you want to and can run a sustainable sale this season. Um, and the last thing I want to say about running a sustainable sale is, um, you know, we've talked about 
everyday pricing. We've talked about promotional pricing. We've talked about messaging, charity, um, framing. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is engaging. So how can you engage your customers in promoting your sale? Now, I am not a huge fan of using Facebook ads to promote sales. Now, that may be a little shocking to people, but sales sometimes sell themselves. So like, why are we using paid ads for that? Maybe for Black Friday or something like that. But a lot of times the conversion rate when you do mark something down goes pretty high up. So what I would suggest is using your organic channels to drive your promotional efforts. So if you've got a big sale coming up, use that email list. If you've got, um, you know, a social media presence, promote it on there. Tell your influencers, ask them to mention it. Like try and use all the organic channels you can. Because at the end of the day, if you're using a paid channel to promote your sale, um, that is taking a cut out of your sale. And if you don't have a good handle of your numbers, that could be taking a lot of money out of your pocket. And in some cases, it could be making your sale unprofitable. So that can be a very, very risky proposition. I'm not against retargeting people, especially during Black Friday and doing that kind of sales stuff, but definitely exhaust your organic channels before you go down that path because using paid media for a sale can turn a potentially sustainable sale into a completely not profitable sale, and we don't want you to do that. All right, so those are my tips for running a sustainable sale. You got five solid ones, maybe a bonus one in there. Um, and we're just under 25 minutes. So I'm going to wrap it up for you because I know you guys are busy. If you love this podcast, please join me and doing a review. I would be so appreciative over on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Um, if we're not connected yet, join me over at Christy Sumer on Instagram and Tag me if you post about this podcast episode and let me know what your favorite takeaway was from this. Do you feel like you can run a sale? Do you have challenges with your money mindset around selling and promoting in your purpose-driven business? I'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.